0: lord thank you uh, for the bible thank you for um, the power of its words thank you uh, for the depths of its meaning thank you for the uh, clear advice uh, that we have in there for our daily walk with you but thank you most of what it tells us about you about your uh, your saving grace and how uh, if we trust you and believe in you we can be saved Amen. Amen. amen so we come to the last of another series, uh, the last in uh, the book of James, uh, James uh, 5 verses 13 to 20. I'm not going to attempt to do a summary of the book today, I'm mm-hmm. simply preaching on James 5 13 to 20, um, <clears throat> whether we give Steve or somebody else that uh, <laughs> that challenge at some point, but, excuse me, <coughs> um, I'm just preaching on James 5 13 to 20, but unsurprisingly um, there are uh, things in... This part of James, which uh, refer back to things he said before, and and to themes that he's dealt with uh, before. Uh, if um, we uh, just move to the first slide now, as you know, a great tradition um, that I've uh, s- established and that I'm going to keep on with, at least for the foreseeable future, is that when I pray, we get to uh, we get to look at a, uh, a famous uh, painting or fairly famous painting. Um, so, uh, there is a famous painting. Um, I don't know if you can uh, see it there, um, but uh, what famous painting is it? Uh, Judith did it really well last time, and I, I was thinking Judith might not be here tonight, and uh, but it would allow somebody else to uh, say. Now, I, I hope at the very least, if you don't know which painting it is, you know which which artist it is. Does anybody know who painted it? It's a very distinctive style. Isn't it? On, uh, not yeah, Rubens, but you're close. You're close. Yeah. Rembrandt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rembrandt. Rem- <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, was he? Oh, sorry, Chris. Oh, so, oh, oh that's a shame. Sorry, I apologise. It is Rembrandt, yes. Um, does anybody know what the painting is, or who it is? It's a, it's somebody from the Bible. Simeon. It is Simeon. Yeah, brilliant okay um so it's simeon in the temple so uh simeon um holding the baby jesus and praying um his his uh his prayer um as he meets the baby jesus um and uh, and his prayer what well, just just uh, part of it lord now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word for my eyes have seen your salvation um for many, many years, uh, Simeon had been waiting uh, to see uh, the Messiah. So had many other people. Uh, many people had been hoping for that and never uh, got to see the Messiah. Simeon was incredibly privileged towards the end of his life uh, to to see the Messiah in person. And, and of course, you know, his response was, was to pray, um, you know, and, and to thank God for allowing him to do it. But I was thinking how many prayers previously in his life would he have prayed that were prayers uh, almost of suffering because it was an incredibly tough time uh, to be a jew uh, under roman occupation Um, i mean the the history of of the jewish nation uh, up to that point and of course since has been a very difficult one but he would have uh, he would have had many many times when he felt absolutely desperate and he would have uh, um, and i think he would have as as his first response was in, in a time of, uh, of great joy for him was to pray. I think his response would also have been in times of great distress uh, and uh, and suffering also to pray. And of course that that's um, in a sense what we're going to be thinking about uh, this evening. So James comes to the end of his letter here um, in these verses that, that, that we're reading. Um, and uh, I, I've said before that you, you can see in uh, in James' letters uh, the influence of the, the Hellenistic, the Greek-speaking world in which uh, he lived. And you can see it here because a lot of Greek letters, when people wrote to each other, they ended up with a section um, about health and good health and, and, and keeping well and that kind of thing. And that's what he's doing here. He's talking about keeping well. But also, of course, you'll know that in the New Testament, uh, m- many of the letters, Paul's letters... Uh, for example, end up with with sections where he encourages prayer and exhortation to prayer. And here you've got both. You've got James exhorting Christians to pray, uh, but you've also got him talking about health. And the two come together because what he's saying is pray for each other, um, pray for each other's health. He also says pray for each other's, uh, in effect, for for each other's sin. Um, And he says sin... Which leads to ill health. Now, I'm not going to say any more about that except to say that is there. So he, um, James is saying, pray for, uh, pray for people who are sinning that they might get uh, better if their sin is causing them to be ill. And that is there. What we also know of course is that uh, much illness is not the result of sin. Um, much suffering is not the result of sin, and, and Jesus makes that very clear. So um, we're, not, we're not saying that ill people are um, uh, ill because of a specific sin. We are all sinners, we all live in a uh, fallen world, therefore there is illness. But it is clear from what uh, James says here, and it's clear elsewhere, that some sin can lead to illness. Just say that as an aside um, at the start. What's, what's more, what more I want to focus on is is how... Uh, faith and prayer are linked and, uh, and and in this section what James is talking about really two things faith and prayer and we see that they are inextricably uh, linked. Now when I started out preaching years ago I always had three points and 90% of the time they always started with the same uh, letter. Um, I leave that to others these days who are much better at it than I am <clears throat> Um, i couldn't do it anyway i i was trying to sort of i tried to think about how i could get this into uh three points so it just didn't seem to do it in the end I, i'm really sorry but we've got nine but at least that is three times three okay um but they are they are short they are most of them are very short no wonder you couldn't manage to <laughs> indeed, indeed. that would have been an impossible to ask wouldn't it um uh, I did think about collecting them together under three points, but it might have been a bit artificial. So um, I'm talking about uh, faith and I'm talking about prayer, and I've got some points under each one. Um, apologies that there are lots of points, but I um, I hope that means that um, uh, you, uh, you, you find uh, things that are particularly relevant uh, for you. So we're going to uh, look at uh, faith uh, first of all. <clears throat> Okay, quiz question. I love a quiz question, as you know. And um, well, no, here we are. We can ask another question. Do we? Do we know what the highest-grossing Christmas film or movie of all time is? Uh, a Wonderful Life. You'd hope so, but no, no. Probably because of when it came out. It's a very recent one. Well, I'm going to tell love you. Love Actually. Oh, sorry, think it. Uh, not Love Actually. No, it's going to be an American one. Not the holiday. One more, one more, somebody else. Very recent came out a couple of years ago. Not Elf. The Grinch. Mm. That is the highest-grossing Christmas movie of all time. Just let you know that. But what for? Nearly thirty years before that was the highest-grossing Christmas movie of all time. Came out in nineteen ninety, and until The Grinch beat it, it's still in second place highest grossing christmas movie of all time home alone Alone. good man Mm -hmm. yes home alone i'm sure we'll get the chance to watch it again this christmas will not (laughs) we home alone now interestingly home alone is about being alone um but actually the point of home alone apart from it's fun um is that being alone is not really very good actually um in fact um, I can't remember the name of the Macaulay Culkin character. Um, but Kevin. 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 Um, Kevin hopes. That, you know? He wishes. He makes a wish, doesn't he? Makes a wish that his parents will disappear. Do you remember <laughs> that bit? Remember that bit? He's had a row with his parents. He wishes that they'll disappear. Um, and, uh, and apparently they do because, of course, they forget him um, and uh, they, they go off to the airport without him. Um, and he's left alone. Uh, but in the end, you know, he doesn't deal with everything on his own. He actually needs his neighbour, who starts off being quite a forbidding character, if I remember rightly. He needs his neighbour to help him deal with the, with the burglars. Um, and of course, in the end, he is just so grateful um, when, his, uh, when his family um, return. And, and so it is with faith. Faith is not an individual thing. Now, it's not an individual thing, obviously, because our faith is not faith in a set of precepts a set of rules which you could have as an individual on your own faith is faith in Jesus Christ so it is It is not an individual thing, it is a relational thing right from the outset faith is about faith in Jesus Christ um, but faith is also not something that we exercise on our own faith is something um, that we do together so um, James, I think, makes some points about faith um, in this uh, passage, and these are the, the things that he that he says. I think, first of all, uh, he makes it clear that faith is not about feelings, because in verse thirteen, um, the first verse, we find that our feelings change. So uh, he says, um, he says to us, pray when you're feeling um, cheerful. Praise, to praise God when you're feeling cheerful. But there will be times when you're not feeling che- cheerful. Actually, there'll be times when, when things are really, really difficult. You still pray. Your faith is not about feelings. Your faith is a fact. Your feelings can change. Sometimes we'll be really, really on a high as Christians. I was certainly on a high when I found out that we got the planning permission for the church. Fantastic. But there will be times over the next few months when we'll feel really low as Christians. It's been difficult with people leaving the church recently. Ultimately, though, those feelings are nothing to do with our faith, because our faith is a fact. Our faith is our, um, our belief in Jesus Christ, our trust in Jesus Christ. And it, it is a fact. We have done so. And that is it. So it's nothing to do with feelings. It makes that really clear in verse 13, and that's really important when he comes to talk about prayer. Second thing he makes it uh, really clear uh, to us um, is that faith is a shield against life's seasons. So um, faith is uh, faith is something which, um, if you like, guards us um, against the times when we're feeling down and the times when we're feeling up. Um, faith uh, is our shield, as um, as we're told by. Paul in Ephesians. Um, but also faith is lived out in community. Um, so faith um, is something which we don't exercise on our own. Um, faith is something which involves living in a church. So we have in verse 14 about uh, calling for the elders. It's a natural thing to do, to call for the elders to come and pray for you. And in verse 16, we're told to confess Uh, sins to each other and pray for one another so faith is something which is lived out in uh, community faith allows ordinary people to achieve the extraordinary in prayer this is in a way the most challenging bit of these few verses because what uh, what james is actually saying to us is if we have faith if we are a christian then our prayers can be like the prayers of Elijah. Now, interestingly, the prayer that he refers to, that that Elijah um, exercises, the the prayer for rain and the prayer for the rain to to stop, is not actually recorded in the Bible. Um, So he's obviously drawing on either an inference or a tradition. We do have, of course, the great prayer that Elijah prayed on Mount Carmel, where he prayed for um, fire to come down on the altar that he had built to God. And fire did come down. And fire consumed it. And it was abs- It was an amazing example of God's power. Prayed by, as James points out, a man just like us. Well, we sometimes probably don't think of Elijah as a man like us. We think of him as this great man of faith. But what James is saying is he's actually he's just like us. He's a sinner like us. He has faults just like us. He has failings just like us. And yet when he prays god answers in an amazing way now this is, for me one this is one of the most amazing stories and also in some ways one of the most um helpful stories in the old testament is elijah because he prays on mount carmel there is this amazing act of god um the people all have you know an amazing return to god and what does he do next <laughs> Well, he thinks, "Oh crumbs! What have I done?" You know, um, Ahab and Jezebel will be after me now, and he runs away. And he runs away. He's a man just like us. He actually didn't, you know, he didn't trust God in that circumstance. He ran away because actually he was just scared, and and he thought he was didn't he trust God? Well, maybe maybe he just wasn't sure what God was going to do. Give him the benefit of the doubt, but. But he, he ran away. He was a man just like us. And what James is saying here is Elijah, a sinner, somebody who was scared, somebody who was often depressed about the situation in which he found himself, he prayed and God answered. And that is a huge challenge to us because we can't claim that our prayers cannot be answered. They can be answered, and God promises to answer them. And James is saying, you know, you, you, people of faith, if you pray, God can do amazing things. So faith, the faith that we have as a Christian, allows us as ordinary people to achieve the extraordinary in prayer. Notice that when James talks about uh, the prayer of, of faith, he says... The prayer of faith will. Not the prayer of faith might or the prayer of faith could, but the prayer prayer of faith uh, will uh, lead to healing. Um, This, in a way, is is the biggest challenge. Yes, it's a challenge uh, to pray in all the different seasons of life. Um, Yes, it's a challenge to pray effectively uh, for each other and together. But do we believe uh, truly um, that our faith uh, is all we need for God to answer Um, great prayers in a great way? Um, Finally, uh, faith is a matter of truth. Now, if faith is not a matter of feelings, what is it? Well, it's a matter of truth. Verses 19 to 20, um, James talks about uh, praying for people. Uh, sorry, not praying for people, but bringing people back to the truth. And if we do that, we save them from death, and it will cover a multitude of sins. Uh, there's clear parallels with uh, Paul here in Romans, in Romans 6:23, uh, as we all know, I'm sure. Uh, Paul writes, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, The truth, the truth brings life. So faith is a matter of truth and it brings life. Romans 4 verse 7, uh, quoting Psalm 32, uh, Paul writes, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. So when James uh, writes this, what, what's he thinking about when he, thinks, when he writes covers a multitude of sins? This is what he's thinking. He's thinking that actually the truth covers a multitude of sins. How does that happen? That's Jesus. Uh, and the, the faith that we have, therefore, is a matter of truth because the truth is that only faith in Jesus will bring life only faith in Jesus covers a multitude of sins. It is because, as we uh, remember this morning, because Jesus uh, lived a perfect life and, and, and died a necessary death, the death that uh, sinners should have died, uh, that our sins are covered and that we are uh, saved uh, from death. So when James writes this section on prayer, he's actually um, he's rooting it in his uh, his belief about faith. His belief that faith doesn't depend on feelings. Faith is a shield against life's seasons. Faith is lived out in community. Faith allows ordinary people to achieve the extraordinary. And faith is a matter of truth. Um, which brings him on to um, the parallel things that he says about um, prayer. And I realise we've got ten points. So it's not... Anyway... Um, I've got another five points. Um, five things that um, James says about prayer, and they parallel—they parallel the things that we've been saying uh, about her faith. Got another quiz question for you. Okay, another quiz question. Um, how many—and we don't know the exact answer, so this is an estimate. Okay. Um, how many Google searches are made every day in the world? Go on, then, Calvin. How many do you reckon? I think something around <coughs> ten thousand. Ten thousand, okay. Any advance on ten thousand, Lewis? What do you reckon? I think one million. One million. That's a lot bigger number than ten thousand. Do you want to up your guess, Calvin? Or are you are you gonna you gonna up your guess? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna go up. <laughs> gonna go up. go, go up. on then. Go bigger than a million. What what do you reckon? Number bigger than a million. One, about ten million. About ten million. Yeah, we get we're getting there. We've got to go higher again, actually. But go on, one more, one more go. I think <coughs> one billion. One billion. That's a really big number. That's a. If re- I start writing the noughts on that, really big number, yeah. Well, it's more than that. Okay, it's more than a billion. Yeah, it's billions and billions. Um, the estimate is probably. Well, it depends where you look because Google don't tell you. Um, but the, the estimates are uh, so you uh, something you can't Google you, can exactly, you can't Google the exact number. You can Google lots of estimates though. Um, the estimates range from sort of um, five and a half billion up and they'll already be out of date. Um, there are various estimates, but the lowest estimate was five and a half billion, okay uh, which translates into 63,000 searches per second, okay? Um, And there apparently are about 3.8 billion people. Again, it will be out of date, I'm sure, but 3.8 billion people have access to the Internet. Um, So each person, you know, about a couple of searches a day, I suppose. Anyway, it is, isn't it? A Google search is our first response to so much now, certainly mine. I'm going to Google it. Um, Google does have about 80, 75, 80% of all the search traffic on the internet so it is really a question of, I'll Google it it's a first response well in the same way what uh, James is saying here is that the person of faith and we've been discussing faith the person of faith, their first response to situations will be to pray so that is our first response Um, so Uh, It's the best and first response to the challenges of the Christian life. Now we can see that in general in verse 13 and we can see it specifically in verses uh, 14, 15 and 16. So generally we've been talking about um, faith not being a matter of feelings, that our feelings go up and down, that our situation changes sometimes our situation is desperate, sometimes our situation is okay sometimes our situation is not great but we're feeling cheerful about it, sometimes our uh, situation is actually quite good but we're still pretty pretty. Predict. it changes faith is the fact everything else can change around us context feelings everything in all those situations the first response james says is prayer prayer of petition implied in the first part of verse 13 prayer of praise Uh, in the second part of verse 13 and he's saying what if you come across a specific situation so he's thinking of a specific situation here where people are ill and he's saying what's the first response the first response is either for that person to pray or perhaps uh, they're not feeling in a situation where they can pray they send for other people to pray for them so we we pray and we ask others to pray for us that is our first and best response, and that again is a challenge because I suspect far too often our first response is something else maybe to despair, maybe to do something because we really want to do something, but actually doing something could be good, but our first and best response is to pray um, in in chapter one uh, verse two to four James explained. Uh, that life's trials are not um, unnatural barriers uh, to our walk with God, but a way forward to spiritual maturity. But only if we respond in patience and in prayer. In in, uh, chapter 5, verses 7 to 12, so the previous section, um, he makes seven references to patience, waiting and steadfastness. And in this section, he makes seven references to prayer. So prayer is, if you like, the thing that we do when we're being steadfast and patient in the Christian life. Uh, we, we endure all that life throws at us, but we don't just endure, we pray. We are people of prayer. And we also respond to specific issues in prayer now we see that um the elders might have a role um we've been talking about living faith out in in community and within the community the church community we have um, we have people elders with specific responsibilities and it might be appropriate sometimes uh, for specific people the elders or others uh, to lead in prayer um or, or to to pray into a particular situation but we also see in verse 16 that it's something that we all do uh, it's not something that we can expect other people to do we all need to be doing it so it's something for all of us it's something that we all uh, pray into um and and we can't wait for you know something particular or something special i mean for example um the oil that's talked about you know in some traditions you know you have the your special special oil you know and you can't pray unless you use this no this the oil is just symbolic and you can use you know it could be any oil really it's the it's the prayer of the person of faith is the key and anybody in the church any christian um can pray can pray for themselves or pray for others Uh, and so we see that prayer is integral to the life of the church um not only do we pray as individuals but we pray um as a community i have a um a bit of an issue i suppose always had a bit of an issue with the idea of the prayer meeting you know that's when we come and pray particularly actually all our all our meetings should be prayer meetings is i think what james is in effect saying here because prayer is just so important um we should be praying for each other um all the time Uh, Thirdly, we've seen already that um, that the challenge is that prayer, James says, is powerful. Prayer is powerful. Verse 13, he says, it sustains us. It sustains us when things are difficult. It gives us a way of celebrating when things are good. Um, It's an effective response to particular situations that we might find ourselves in. It's It's a specific response to sin. It's a specific response uh, to illness, to physical, to spiritual challenges. Uh, in Luke 5, verses 20 to 26, we know the story. Um, Jesus is preaching in a house. The house is full. Uh, there are these friends with the the, the guy who's um, on the um, the mat. He's he's um, he's, he's in physical, uh, real physical difficulties. Uh, can't walk. Um, what do the friends do they're determined to help him they go up onto the roof they knock a hole in the roof you know just a clay roof you know you can imagine it can't you and the 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 roof is coming down on, on jesus heads and all the people listening and they look up and down comes this guy brilliant picture of friendship i think um what does jesus do he forgives him and then and then he heals him because his primary need was for forgiveness, but he had a secondary need, which was to be made well. Um, and we uh, we can pray into those uh, two situations, says James. We can pray into the spiritual, and we can pray into the physical. Here's an interesting contradiction when I was thinking about this. I think there's a contradiction here. So James says we can pray for people's spiritual situation, and we can pray for people's physical situation. I think we do the latter more. I think we far, far more often pray for people who are physically unwell. But actually, I think we believe in God's ability to deal with the spiritual more than we believe in God's ability to deal with the physical. Do you get the contradiction? So we spend a lot of time praying for people who are ill, but actually we probably struggle sometimes to believe that God's actually going to do something. We spend less time praying about the spiritual, people's spiritual needs, and yet we probably believe that God does deal with those situations. It's an interesting contradiction. I think we should be praying more for people's spiritual needs, And I think we have to wrestle with our lack of faith sometimes um, about why God might not deal with other kinds of situations. I'm going to leave you with that thought. What James is saying is pray about both. Pray about both. Pray often. uh, Pray about both. Um, And clearly prayer is part of the way in which we show our compassion and our care for other people. I don't think there's any, you know, there's any question in James's mind that when the the man who's ill calls for the elders, he doesn't think there's any question that the elders will go, because they care for the guy. They they're compassionate. They care. They go and they pray. I don't think there's any question in James's mind that, um, you know, if uh, if there are if there's sin in the church that we don't have. You know, a relationship which allows us to talk about that to one another and show our care for people's struggles and their, their, their sins. He, he just thinks that's going to happen in a church. And so it should. We should have that quality of relationship <coughs> Excuse me, because we care for each other and because we trust one another. And that, again, I think is a huge challenge uh, for us. And finally, um, as we've uh, seen before, um, our faith is a matter of truth. And it is faith which allows us to pray. And so ultimately, we can say that prayer comes from truth. Um, prayer which is wishy-washy, prayer which is not based on the truths of the Bible, um will not be the prayer of faith that James is talking about. Um, and I think therefore um, we need to be very careful in prayer as well uh, to make sure that our prayer is based on uh, the facts of the gospel. I tried to uh I tried to summarise it in a diagram. It wasn't quite because the challenge was laid down by Chris this morning. Very impressive. Even moved, didn't it, this morning. That was really impressive. Um, but, uh, but I did think it would be just useful to, uh, to summarise it. I, I think you can criticise this diagram. You can say, well, I'm not sure that the, you know, the arrows are quite going in the right direction, or are the arrows all exactly the same. Um, but I do, th- I do think, or well, for me it was helpful. Um, we live our Christian lives in the world. We're not of the world, but we live in the world. We're saved people. Um, we're citizens of, of God's kingdom. Um, and that's our first citizenship. But we still live in the world. And the world around us, I think there, there's two aspects to the world around us. First of all, it's antagonistic. The world around us doesn't doesn't like Christianity, because the world around us is enthralled to the devil, ultimately. Um, and Christians are going to be persecuted. Um, and we're going to have to persevere. And, and we see that in in the book of James, the importance of perseverance... Um, when when uh, life is difficult as a Christian and we see that in this um, in this uh, last bit of his writing so our faith needs to lead to perseverance so that we can cope with the antagonistic world in which we live but at the same time our faith as we've seen this evening needs to lead to prayer prayer um, that we can uh, pray into uh, those situations but faith Also, as we know from James, and and we see it again in this uh, section, um, faith leads to action. We don't just, you know, the the truth, if you like, uh, of the gospel leads to action. And that action spills into compassion. Now, James particularly talking here about the compassion for those within the church. And we know that that's our first responsibility. By this, Jesus says, uh, we'll Um, They know that you are my disciples because you have loved one for another. That's our first responsibility. What's also clear is that we are compassionate towards the needy world. We pray for those who persecute us um, and we care for those around us. But also faith comes from truth and feeds uh, the truth and we take the truth out to uh, the needy world. So... For me, that was helpful just to think about, the, obviously, um, the way in which uh, James is not, um, is not talking about you know, faith by works um, or sorry salvation by works. He's talking about faith leading to works, faith leading to perseverance, faith leading to prayer, faith um, which is based on and informs uh, the truth. But he also is talking about faith lived out in a difficult world in a world which is um, going to be challenging uh, for us, uh, a world in which people are um, often going to be um, antagonistic, even uh, persecuting uh, of of Christians. (coughs) We have it pretty easy in this country at the moment, but I think it's going to get more difficult over time. And I think what James writes about, um, about the importance of, of faith, uh, perseverance and prayer is going to be more and more important um, over time shall we pray <clears throat> dear Lord uh, thank you um, for the fact that our faith is uh, not an individual thing it is not uh, a set of beliefs that we have in a particular uh, creed or moral code It is faith in Jesus Christ. And for that reason, um, it is not something uh, that we we live out on our own. Uh, We live it in relationship with you and with uh, the other people in your church, in your family. Help us as Christians to uh, live out our faith in word and deed, in perseverance in prayer, in community. Please give us uh, the strength that we need um, uh, to live in the way that you want us to live in an antagonistic world. Amen. Amen. Amen.